podcast with your host connor nolan follow on twitter at cmeds11 for picks and podcast drops download subscribe unsubscribe subscribe again give a rating it's all very much appreciated last week four and three overall with the two no victories on friday night but was up 1.7 units throughout the weekend bringing us back into the positive at 0.45 units small profit but profit nonetheless Obviously, want to get, want to pick up some momentum and get on a little streak, get a little bigger of a profit week by week. Uh, big help from Oklahoma State Cowboys getting that two-unit victory for me, which was the pick of the week, five and one thus far on picks of the week. We'll add that into the Twitter picks to make it more formal. But uh, Oklahoma State controlled that entire game. Uh, I said it from the beginning, Baylor wouldn't be that strong this year, even based on uh, their over/under for the season total. Was sit at six and a half. Just seemed odd for a team that was ranked coming in. But uh, Oklahoma State looks good. Got their revenge from the Big 12 championship game last year. Spencer Sanders usually does struggle uh, with Baylor's defense, uh, but played well enough to get the win. Nothing special. Stayed conservative and didn't make many mistakes and scrambled real well. Added 75 yards rushing uh, to his stat line. Team rushed for 166 overall um, yards, which helped big time. I mean, Gundy was ready for this one and definitely uh, had their eyes on the Big 12 title game this year, uh, but won that one for two units. Uh, a couple other Big 12 games that went on, uh, Oklahoma traveling to TCU for the in-conference battle. Uh, went Oklahoma here for one unit at uh, minus six. And what a poor showing this game was. I mean, they were absolutely destroyed destroyed with the big plays by TCU. TCU had four touchdowns that were over 60 yards. That, that's fucking insane. I don't know what, what Venables is doing over there with that defense, but he needs to get it together because he is a defensive-minded coach, and it was just an awful showing. Dead wrong on this one, though. Uh, TCU looks good, and so does Duggan, their quarterback. Got to give credit where credit is due. Now, undefeated TCU takes on undefeated Kansas, an intense matchup that I don't think either school or anybody was expecting, at least I wasn't either, but uh, to come to this point this season. But college game day at Kansas this weekend just for this game. Uh, But pretty crazy, honestly. Might cover that one, I don't know, kind of like TCU since they've been rolling and look really good, but the game's in Kansas. I'm sure the crowd will be packed. I haven't had a good t- football team in however long. But uh almost looked over uh, recapping the Friday games with uh, UTSA and UCLA. UTSA took on uh, Middle Tennessee State, who just came off that very impressive win versus Miami and a handily victory at that. Uh, but might have been too much excitement and partying to prepare for UTSA, who is solid. I'm very high on them this season. 
Frank Harris uh, for UTSA threw for over 400 yards with two tutties and three picks. Was able to overcome the interceptions while uh, Middle Tennessee State had none. Uh, they were also able to run for almost 170 yards. So you saw this team absolutely overpower Middle Tennessee on offense, and the Blue Raiders just didn't have an answer. Got interesting in the fourth quarter when UTSA was up two scores and Harris threw a pick. Um a pick six and put the Raiders right back in it. Then on the next series, he just throws an, another interception, another interception that got them back in the game. Um, just a lot of mistakes, but and fortunately, Mill Tennessee State wasn't able to capitalize on all of them, and uh, UTSA was able to get that win and the cover uh, gave us that one unit victory. Um, the other Friday night game was UCLA took on Washington in uh, Southern California. Uh, this turned out to be a big scoring game as well, with the final being 40-32. Dorian Thompson-Robinson took over, throwing for 325 yards with three touchdowns, no interceptions. Also ran for 50 yards and had a rushing touchdown. Charbonnet added over 100 yards rushing to the offensive tack. I mean, this is a big statement game for UCLA, as DTR looked really good. Juke the shit out of two Husky defenders who collided with each other at the goal line. Uh, just looks like a great athlete overall. Washington did have an all-right game themselves offensively with uh, Penix Jr. throwing for 345 yards, four touchdowns, but also did have two interceptions. Uh, turnovers definitely did not help this team as UCLA was able to take advantage and get us that one-unit win. The Illini traveled over to Wisconsin for a Big Ten conference game against the Badgers uh, where Belema was taken on his former team from a while back. Wisconsin coming off uh, that uh, putrid loss to Ohio State, looking for a bounce-back win as favorites by seven. But the Illini had other plans, uh, an absolute blow- blowout in this one with Illinois pummeling Wisconsin 34-10. to And as a result, Paul Chris is firing. Honestly, they should have just cut Graham Mertz instead and probably would be better off. But Illinois ran the ball all over them with Chase Brown. Um Got a couple turnover on downs and a couple of interceptions that Illinois was able to capitalize on, too, and uh, turned into some points. DeVito didn't do too much uh, quarterback for Illinois, um, but they didn't really need him to. Was they were able to control the game on the, on the ground and able to get us that one-unit win. Oregon State went down to Salt Lake City, took on uh, Utah. Beavers pretty much decided not to show up in this one. Chance Nolan was two for seven with two interceptions and was pulled from the game. Unfortunately, sad sight to see. He looks to be losing some confidence, but Utah's Cam Rising took over, throwing for 200 yards, three touchdowns, running for 73 yards, and a touchdown. Pretty much a one-man show from this offense, but uh, the past two games, there's been no contribution from the quarterback position for Oregon State. Uh, I would say pretty much the opposite, but they need to get it together and put some points against good teams. We'll wait a little bit and see how they do these next few games and what happens at that quarterback position. Uh, Utah's running game has been a little different this year. Something I'll look at uh, for next week, but looks like they're running a lot with a lot of different guys. You know, I was high on Thomas. I thought he'd be, uh, you know, have a great year, but they have a few other guys in the mix, which definitely helps. Uh, if they rely on, but if someone's stopping that run game and they're relying on rising, uh, this team isn't going to just absolutely pummel teams like they have been. Um, I mean, most of the teams they have played aren't very good, uh, but 
we'll see how they do the rest of the way. Uh, we lose one unit on this one, unfortunately. Uh, Cal traveled up to Pullman, Washington, taking on Wazoo in the second straight week of me fading Wazoo, and they covered once again and beat us. I uh, thought the line was fishy at Wazoo, just favored by four at home. Uh, Plummer had an okay game for the Bears, but they just couldn't get the ball in the end zone offensively. Slow, boring game. First half was only 7 3. Uh, Wazoo scored a few touchdowns in the second half to break away. But even in the second half, Cal was in a one score game, but just couldn't get it done. Uh, in my preview, I emphasized the need for Cal to run the ball, slow the game down, gain the time of possession battle, but uh, they decided to stay away from it for some reason. Uh, the running back carried the ball 16 times and for 70 yards total. It's over four yards of carry, and we stopped just giving him the ball. I mean, we just got to get it together and just think what's working and stick with it. But overall, they just couldn't get the ball in the end zone and put it up any real points. Cost us one unit on this one. Tulsa took on Cincinnati in an American Conference matchup where Tulsa was coming off an eight-point loss to Ole Miss at Ole Miss. Uh, Davis Brin, quarterback for Tulsa, was having has been having a great year. Didn't have too good of a game against Cincy. Threw for under 250 yards with two interceptions, no touchdowns. He has been having a good year overall, but the Cincinnati defense is still pretty good, even with losing Sauce Gardner. Uh, their offense could use some more work, as Bryant isn't living up to Ritter's talent from last season. But we pushed on this one better than losing, so we get to keep the cash. We'll take it. Um, now heading into the picks for week number six. Uh, can't believe it's week number six already. Now getting into conference play for most of these teams, and things will definitely get a little spicy. A lot of good games on this Saturday to watch out for, good 12s, some afternoon games and some primetime games. Not many good football after dark games, but we should should still be a fun Saturday. Uh, but first things first, Friday night football, UNLV at San Jose State. San Jose, San Jose State minus seven over under 53. Uh, this is actually a pretty big in-conference Mountain West game. These two teams are the ones playing well and at the top of the Mountain West. Uh, Mountain West Conference is kind of down this year. Not many, not any powerhouses that, per your, and having your usual good teams at the bottom of the barrel. Uh, but both these teams on top in the West Division, so both teams have been playing well thus far. Uh, these teams have actually matched up well together, and both defenses have been playing pretty well. Uh, San Jose State's defense actually ranks pretty high. Uh, they handled Wyoming and also gave Auburn a run and only lost to within one score. Had a tough time with uh, Portland State, but you see this defense doesn't give up a lot, uh, even when the offense doesn't show up. Same with the UNLV. Defense isn't as strong, but still decent uh, part of this team. And San Jose's offense isn't ranked high at all. Uh, definitely the weaker part of this team, even with Cordero transfer from uh, Hawaii as their quarterback. Uh, for this reason, I'm actually going with the under here at 53 for one unit. If I were to pick a side, I would take UNLV with the points. The line does seem a little fishy, uh, but the San Jose State offense isn't overpowering to uh, blow anyone out. Uh, maybe if San Jose State's defense just holds UNLV to nothing, uh, we'll see. But Brumfeld is pretty good for uh, UNLV. Um, we'll see on Friday if I add that on, in or not. But official play under 53 for one unit. Um, not covering Rutgers this week. I'm still sick from that Iowa game and just 
Need to see something better from this squad. I see their quarterback play just looks disgusting. Can't take it, honestly. We'll see how they fare against Nebraska. But I will add that fake punt. I will I will say that uh, fake punt out of bounds is pretty much what every player would do for Ohio State. Who the hell runs a fake punt up 39-10 to 10 in the fourth quarter? I mean, just some idiotic stuff. Then you have the yelling matches between uh, Day and uh, Shiano. Uh, but both were just back in their players. But at the end of the day, uh, you need to tell that punter, don't do that shirt or else you'll get hit like that every time. It's one thing if you're just playing football, running your plays, just waiting for the clock to run out. It's like that Michigan versus Rutgers game where Michigan won 79-0. And Jim Harbaugh was literally just running the ball, and they couldn't stop him. I can't get mad at that. You're not running up a score. You're literally just playing football. You're not you know, throwing deep balls or Hail Marys. If the defense can't stop you, which is why Chris Ash is the worst defensive-minded coach ever. But, you know, it, you running the ball and wasting time isn't the same as doing a fake punt up a bunch of up over four scores. I mean, it's just a it was just a terrible uh, series of events for Ohio State and uh honestly their punter paid the price for that. But uh onto the Saturday games, uh Tennessee at LSU, LSU plus 3 over under 64. Uh Rocky Top traveling down to Baton Rouge take on Brian Kelly and the 4 and 1 Tigers, 2 and 0 in the SEC thus far in Mississippi State and Auburn. LSU's sole loss on opening day against Florida State, who was still uh, also strong. Um, but the strong part of this team is their defense. Uh, I mean, nobody moves the ball on them. Will Rogers couldn't do shit against this team. Tennessee hasn't seen a defense like this yet, too. Um, they did pretty well. I mean, they scored a bunch of points off Florida, but I think LSU is a lot better than them, and they're playing at LSU, not at uh, Tennessee. Hooker is good, leads a high-powered offense, but also playing in Baton Rouge. This crowd will be up, rocking, and you know Brian Kelly is going to have this team ready to play. I would take the points here. I think this will be a hard-fought battle, and I can see LSU covering. But, I mean, we're relying on uh, Jaden Daniels. I mean, he's not the best transfer from Arizona State, but um, that defense is really solid, and this is an SEC game in Baton Rouge. Um I can also see this going towards the Vols winning, but I do like LSU on this spot here to step up, keep this one close. Uh, I'm going to take LSU and Brian Kelly straighter ass from Notre Dame. Give me that plus three for one unit. Uh, we'll also keep an eye on the under 64 here. I uh, think this one may stay low scoring with both defenses playing good football, but we'll have that on Saturday if I do too. Uh, Oklahoma. Versus Texas, the neutral field, Cotton Bowl, Dallas, Texas. Texas minus seven, over under 65 and a half. The good old Red River shootout. One for the ages and just a special rivalry overall. I'm sure just an awful, awesome day, uh, event to attend. Uh, but Texas coming in as seven-point favorites. I figured the line to be around here since the uh, Sooners have looked absolutely awful this year, or the past two games. Uh, they've just been getting run on like no other. Duggan and Adrian Martinez just bent this team over, had their way with them. Uh, now Card and Ewers aren't scramblers like those guys, but we'll see if Ewers makes his return this week. They do have B. John Robinson, who will probably be 
a first-round draft pick next year. I'm sure this will be their first line of attack going into the c- controlling this game. The thing with this type of game is it's always high scoring and always a one-score game, at least for the past three seasons. You know each team is looking forward to this one. Packed house. The fans are split in two. I mean, literally half the stadium is orange and the other half maroon, where the fuck Oklahoma's colors are. Doesn't get much better than that. Now, I'm sure everyone will be jumping in on Texas, but this Oklahoma st- team actually matches up well with Texas. The Sooners secondary really is their weaker point in the defense, and Texas passing attack is mediocre at best, but we'll see if Ewers returns to help with that. Even if he does return, it's been a few weeks without him. The team needs to get familiar with him again. Uh, Oklahoma's offense has been stellar too, but don't know the status of Dylan Gabriel just yet. A lot of question marks right now with uh, injuries. Uh, I would think this line is figuring that he is playing, but we'll see how the line moves as more information comes out. Right now I'm staying away. If anything, I'd lean Oklahoma if Gabriel plays, as I think it's just too many points in a rivalry game like this and on this big of a magnitude. Uh, next game is number 11, Utah, traveling at number 18, UCLA. UCLA come in plus four and a half point dogs over under 65. Uh, Utah traveling that Southern California weather, taking on undefeated UCLA Bruins, uh, which will be the most anticipated Pac-12 matchup so far this year. Both teams are undefeated in the Pac-12 heading into this game, and both have their eyes set on the Pac-12 championship game. Utah coming off some nice blowout wins, not going against the best of competition, but still wins without any struggles. Uh, Oregon State, I think, was just in a bad spot for themselves um, last week. Quarterback was just that bad. Uh, and traveling to Utah, we all know it's not easy playing there. Um, but this game would be a totally different story if it was in Utah as it is very difficult to play there. Um, the only loss, Utah's only loss, does come against Florida when it was at Gainesville. And you see Florida nowadays, and they just do not look good. Uh, still can't believe Utah lost that game. I mean, it was a late interception in the end zone to give them the win, unfortunately, rising through that pick. But uh, now that UCLA is picking up uh, some steam popularity-wise, you'll see more and more fans coming out to watch this game. Uh, from a statistics perspective, this Utah team has been a run team by committee, essentially. Uh, the running backs struggled last week with Oregon State, and Cam Rising had to take over and essentially push them to that blowout win. But now they're going up against the top 10 rushing defense in UCLA. Washington was getting some good yards, but got down early and couldn't run as much and also had Penning throw the ball almost 50 times. Where you beat this UCLA team will be through the air, and keep up with their offense relying on rising if the run game doesn't show up give some red flags sack wise rising i mean real protection wise rising will most likely have all day to throw utah's line is pretty good and ucla just can't get to the quarterback uh then on ucla's offensive side this team is as high powered as they have been in the chip kelly era now dtr looks better than how he looked in his entire college career Dual threat quarterback, can run, throw very well. And now this Utah team is ranked top 10 in passing defense, but middle of the pack against the run. I would expect uh, DTR contributing some scrambling yards and also uh, Charbonnet leading uh, the running backs have a good game. Uh, I like UCLA in this spot. 
and they are home dogs heading into this one. You know, I'm going to go with them plus four and a half. I think that's a lot of points too for what this will come down to. Um, could even see them winning this matchup, but going to go UCLA plus four and a half for one unit. Duke at Georgia Tech. Uh, Duke coming in as three and a half point favorites over under 54. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't know if I'm missing something here, but how the hell is Duke just, you know, three and a half point favorites over Georgia Tech? You know, I get this game is at Georgia Tech and they're coming off a nice win against Pitt, but to just be three and a half point dogs against Duke, I don't know, it just seems a little ridiculous. Uh, This one kind of just reeks to high heaven, but I think it's just too good to pass it up. Uh, Duke has had some nice wins this season with their only loss coming against Kansas when it was in Kansas on their roll. You know, and only by one score, too. It was a good game. Uh, These boys could play and can run the ball really well. Uh, their run game is top 25 in the nation, while the Yellow Jackets aren't even in the top 100 in rushing defense. Um, they don't have much of an upper hand when it comes to matchups here. Even the Georgia Tech offense is terribly bad this year and one of the worst in FBS. Duke's defense isn't anything to write home about, but you know it's a lot better than the Yellow Jacket offense right now, I can tell you that. Uh, biggest thing is Duke needs to get out to a nice early lead and hold it down. Uh, not let Georgia Tech hang around. Uh, you don't want bad teams hanging around. Then they just start to get in their heads that they're in this one. They could actually win this one. And, you know, it gives them a little bit of a momentum in their thought process. Um, but uh, when they when Georgia Tech faced Pitt last week, uh, it was a slow-moving first half. Uh, but then they were able to get three turnovers early in the second half, preventing Pitt from you know getting on the board early. In the, the second half, Pitt had some nice drives, but then ended up turning the ball over and went threatening. Um, the biggest thing that scares me is that 90% of the money is on Duke here, but I just I don't see Georgia Tech getting it done. And maybe I'm falling for the trap, but I got to take it. And buying that half point, Duke minus three for one unit. Air Force at Utah State. Air Force minus 10 over under 55. Air Force heading over to U- Logan, Utah, taking on the 1-4 and four Aggies. Utah State coming off as Mountain West champions last season, and they're having quite the disappointment of a season this year. Um, and now 4-1 and one Air Force comes in uh, at homecoming at Utah State and facing an injury-filled Aggie team. Bonner is out for the season, and now two of their starting defensive tackles are hurt. And this is going to be detrimental to this defense against the run. And that's exactly what Air Force is going to do. And it's no secret. But defensively, this Air Force team is top 10 in passing defense, top 50 against the run. They are good this year and will be the team eyeing the Mountain West title for sure. Uh, It doesn't help that Utah State has a backup as their quarterback playing either. I mean, but Air Force is the number one team in the country in running offense this season, and Utah State's running defense is out of the top 100. Um, this Air Force team just matches up real well, and they're coming off a tough matchup against Navy. But those games are always, you know, tough against the Academy, so nothing really scares me about it. I figured that one was going to be close. But supposed to be great weather, too, in Logan. I, I mean, I'm just going with Air Force here. I think they're going to blow them out. I'm going with two units, minus 10. Might even be the game of the week on between that and another. We'll talk about it later on, though. Washington State, Wazoo, at USC. USC minus 13 over under 66. 
Wazoo traveling down to Southern California, facing off against Lincoln Riley and this Caleb Williams offense. Now, this offense did struggle against Oregon State, but this Wazoo defense cannot defend against the pass for shit. I think Caleb Williams is going to have a field day on this Wazoo defense, just like uh, uh, Bo Nix did. They're one of the worst defenses against the pass in the FBS, and Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley are going to be all over this one. And, you know, I faded Wazoo the past two weeks in a row, and they covered both times, so I feel like I'm due on this one. And USC just matches up real well against this team. Washington State doesn't like to run, and USC's defense is weak against the run, but decent against the pass. Uh, it'll be difficult for Ward um, against this team playing away from home. They haven't played an away game since Wisconsin, and now they're heading into their first conference away game. You know, not a team I would put money on going into opposing territory and going against a top 10 team in the country at that especially since this high-powered offense who can run it up if necessary, and this USC defense creates a lot of turnovers. You know, I like USC here, and I'm taking them for one unit at minus 13. BYU against Notre Dame playing at the in Vegas at Allegiant Stadium. Notre Dame coming in minus 3.5-point favorites over under 51.5. Uh, both teams travel into a neutral site over in Sin City, something the Mormons might not like with all the sin that goes on over there. Damn sinners. Not much soaking going on over there either, so they're probably a little disappointed. But closer to Utah than South Bend, Indiana, so you can expect BYU to get a good crowd here. But I still think it will be nicely split as Notre Dame is still a national favorite team by lots of fans, especially in a city like Vegas where they don't have UNLV there. But uh, Notre Dame's coming off a bye week at that and a win versus North Carolina the week before where they beat the shit out of them. I mean, that that was an absolute shellacking. Uh, now BYU has not looked good overall this entire season. Uh, struggle with Utah State and Wyoming, two bottom of the barrel Mountain West teams, and now just three-point dogs against Notre Dame. Uh, I think BYU is just way too overvalued this year. Um, they do get Romney back at wide receiver, but also lose Nakua. You know, was out last week and just constantly battling lingering in- injuries, which is never a good sign in football. Uh, I think this team still has a lot of question marks. Drew Pine looked real good for Notre Dame last time out, uh, but the running backs uh, were off the charts against UNC. And I would expect them to run the ball a good amount as BYU does struggle with the run game. They're almost out of the top 100 in the rushing defense. And I just think the Irish are going to look to control the ground game and then open it up in the air if they need to. Uh, I'm taking the Irish here and then riding off a big win against UNC. And we'll take uh, take on the overvalued BYU team. I also just can't see this mediocre BYU team being 5-1 and one while Notre Dame's falling to 2-3. and three. And I just can't get behind that. Going with the Notre Dame Firing Irish, two units, buying that half point for minus three. So that'll do it for uh, week number six of this Nolan Knows Bets College Football Podcast. Uh, just reviewing the picks, we do have UNLV under 53, one unit. LSU plus three for one unit. UCLA plus four and a half, one unit. Duke minus three, one unit. Air Force, minus 10, two units. USC, minus 13, one unit. I'm going with Notre Dame as my uh, game of the week here. Going Notre Dame, minus three for two units, game of the week. 
Uh, we'll have some ads on Saturday for sure, I think. I do like Purdue, Tulsa, maybe some Oregon, maybe a little Stanford in there. But uh, we'll see. Tune, tune into the uh, Twitter, obviously, posting Saturday picks. And Friday night, too, we'll have a couple games. But at uh, CMEDS11 for the official picks. Like, retweet the picks. Get them out there for everyone to win. Uh, subscribe, unsubscribe, subscribe again. How about the podcast? Appreciate all the listens. And just appreciate the football season as this will go by fast. Want to enjoy every moment. Get some feedback on Twitter page. I'll I'll read some comments, give reactions to them, have a little fun, good or bad. But uh, want to just have good vibes going into this weekend. And I'll catch you guys next week. All right, thanks.